0: The food service and hospitality industries are evolving, often in ways you've never heard of, until now. Our host and technovator, Rob Grimes, is the leading voice of global food service and hospitality technology. Powered by the International Food and Beverage Technology Association, IFBTA, The Accelerate Podcast is where technology and ideas are shared, served with a side of new innovation. Welcome to the Accelerate Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Accelerate Podcast powered by the IFBTA. I'm Rob Grimes, your host, and this week, we are going to be exploring international tech and considerations. But before we get started on that, Let's just talk about some of the things that first of all will make up today's menu, but also recap last week. So last week, uh, we had Felipe Hasselman on from Cuisine Solutions, and he really came on to talk about two different things, the food tech or the tech behind the food, if you want to look at it that way, but also share some of his vision as to where where that kind of technology goes, what we might want to be thinking about as we go forward, not just in the immediate future, but also the longer term future. Some of the things that he told us, and I have to tell you, they were really eye openers for me or ear openers for me, I guess, in this particular case, because it's a podcast, not a webinar, but they were ear openers for me that I had never really thought about from the back of the house, the chef's perspective, the cooking perspective. I just never really thought about it. And it sort of came to light for me, uh, so to speak, which is, which is a... Uh, a play on words when we talk about one of the subjects. But it it really did something for me when he described the business that he thought that he was in. Now, I thought he was in the sous vide cooking business. And he defined that for us because we weren't sure exactly what sous vide was. Not everybody knows. And like I said last week, it's been around for quite a while. But it's the process of vacuum sealing food and cooking it in a temperature-controlled water bath. Some people might think about cooking food in plastic bags. I think he actually said something about that. But it's more than that because you really wouldn't know, and I've been there, you really wouldn't know that the food was preferred, uh, uh, prepared sous vide style if somebody didn't tell you. And short of uh, dairy products and short of produce products, almost anything can be prepared sous vide. And it has short-term and long-term implications of it. But that was the definition. But then he told us, that when people question him, the step two question they ask, after what is sous vide, is what business is he in? And he told us he was in the business of making memories and providing an experience, which took us back to the Disney discussion of several episodes ago. And I think that it is worth, if you haven't listened to this episode, that you might want to listen to the episode, which was called The Tech of Food Lights, Camera, in Action, with Philippe Hasselman on it. You might want to go back and listen to it because I think he really gave us a different perspective and he also tied it in the areas we didn't think about like social media and the impact that influencers had during COVID of showing how they prepared food, but then also the future of the preparation of food and that's where the light comes in, the light wave technology that eventually will replace the microwave and allow people to cook meals to perfection at a single time instead of piecemeal each part and do it in a lightwave oven. But if you want to hear more about that, you got to go listen to that episode. So that takes us to today's menu and specials. So today we're going to really have a international menu and a min- international flavor and focus. And as we know, anybody that travels internationally and eats out at restaurants and goes to hotels, and you know, there's always that flavor that is different country by country, region by region, and it's great to be able to experience and learn from that. But then you take it home because there are things that you learn about and things that you observe that actually make, bit, you know, make some sense for you and that you can take those ideas. And ideas, as we all know, are not always invented at home and they're not always invented in the hospitality and the food service industry. So we're going to talk first about those flavors in the focus that we see. The considerations of technology as it relates to the international audience and international operations, and then break it down to regional, national, and local considerations. And then finally, towards the end, we're going to actually be talking about what to find and where, which we started to cover a couple of episodes ago when we talked about you know, who provides the trade shows and what you can find in different industry segments. But I'd like to be a little bit more specific. And then I'm going to share with you my road trip that's coming up in the month of March. And I'll do that for two reasons. A, because I hope to get you interested in things that we might be talking about, subjects and people we might be speaking with uh, over the next few months. But secondly, if you happen to be in one of those places and you're one of our listeners or you have one of those ideas you want to share, why not? Going to be there. Let's take a look at it. But I'll give you the perspective of what to find and where. And then what I do on a road trip, which, you know, people say I should take more time off, but. Maybe I don't, and I just enjoy what I do. So we'll talk more about that towards the end. So let's go ahead and and get started with the first subject on our menu today, which is the international considerations uh, in the selection and the thinking of systems. So in our industry, you always will have local independents, and then you'll have the small to medium businesses, and then you'll have the regional, you know, multi-unit operators, which regional in a place like North America or the U.S. can be a region of the country, uh, which has its own flavors, of course. uh, But you also have regions of the world, which also have their own flavors and their way of doing business. And as the world gets smaller and the opportunities get greater, even an individual single operator who has a great idea, has great food, great service, they're going to be seen any number of ways, not just, you know, in person, but they may be seen through social media. And so people become aware of the type of operation and what your offerings are from a distance, even if they don't get to see you in person. And what we found is that the speed to international adoption and being able to expand internationally has, has sped up that you can do it overnight, even if you have one unit. Now, you know, why would that be? Well, there are certainly operators uh, in different parts of the world that are looking for new and innovative concepts in service and in food, and they believe that it may work in their area. And we've seen entrepreneurs who come from the United States or North America, and they move to some other part of the world, and they bring the chains with them, and they bring new types of operations with them that come from wherever they live. And we've seen vice versa in that. We've seen companies that come from different parts of Asia. We see uh, companies that come from Europe uh, finding their way very quickly uh, into the US or North America. It's the same thing. And it's the same consideration either way when they go. So as we think about this, let's not make an assumption that those who grow internationally are always the bigger groups because they may not be. And so when we focus on the technology behind going internationally, some of the focus really needs to be in a number of different areas. You have obviously the front of the house and the back of the house, which could mean the service styles, but it's also how you prepare uh, the foods and 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 you provide the service and what is available to you, both in equipment, in food products, uh, and actually in employees uh, based on custom. Uh, you have different factors that are taken into account, such as language, but there's also factors that are taken into account, such as regulatory things or things like fiscal printing, which you have a different way of printing in some countries uh, when you do receipts. Uh, there are different requirements, just like there are different requirements in different jurisdictions, uh, even in North America. Uh And also, you know, the availability of different types of applications, different types of systems, and they need to work within the markets. And there are all these different interfaces. Plus, many times you'll find local vendors who only do a certain market and they do it really well, which we've talked about that concept of the all-in-one or the um, best of breed. And in this case, best of breed by locale. And these are all things that you take into consideration. Now, I shared with you a couple episodes ago, Some of the things that I looked at in general, sort of the rules of selecting systems. But one of the things that I was talking about, if you're thinking about a different system, is sometimes decisions on systems, and and maybe I didn't actually cover this as I think about it, but sometimes the actual decision on systems may not be made on functions and features alone. The decisions sometimes are made uh, based upon how well the fit is. And, you know, how do you feel about the system and who are you most comfortable with? But they are also made on some other factors such as geography. Where are you going to get service and support? Do you have to find different parts of the system somewhere else? Uh, Different pieces of software. What do they have to integrate to? Uh, So geography plays a big role into it. Uh, Just as much as whether you're going to franchise or license your brand or your operation to somebody else. That plays a role into it because that plays into what you need to provide those business uh, people who may have other types of operations as well. So those are some of the considerations. So if I was talking to somebody about what should I do, you know, there are some questions that are almost never asked that do play into the decision and they really don't have anything to do with the function and feature. So I might ask somebody, are you planning to franchise? Are you going into new geographies, not only in your home country, but in other countries or regions of the world? I might ask them if they're planning to uh, sell or be acquired or license, because all of those play into the types of systems that they need to be able to provide and what they need to integrate with based upon the answers to those types of questions. So, that takes us, uh, and also of course, who your target customer is. because if your target customer is an international customer, then there's going to be uh, different types of considerations, uh, even in the full service world, such as tipping and types of service. Um, and it's and your workers, of course, uh, are language skills, but also your customers are as well, especially if you're going to do integration for online ordering and delivery. So these are different types of general you know considerations that one would make if you're going to take a look at expanding outside your local area. And again, I need to be clear that local area is your hometown where you can do business if you want with a, a smaller provider or with a dealer or distributor. But once you start going regionally, even in your own country, you know your service and support may not be provided by a single source, or you may be buying different types of applications and putting them together, in which case that means that you have now a mix Of service and support and they have to work together and then of course once you go internationally not everything is available that also is why in the international consideration just like in any uh, consideration on a system you know i've recommended that one take a look at the software first where the functionality is how is it going to work because it's got to work for you if it doesn't work it doesn't really matter the rest Uh, then choosing the hardware that it's going to run on because that could be regional or it could be totally international And it may be the difference between choosing a generic hardware platform uh, versus one that may be offered by the vendor. And most people have flexibility in this, especially if they're doing international work, they understand that. Uh, And then the last piece is the service and support, which is part of it, because you need to mix and match the applications you're using with each other. And you want to try to reduce the number of places that you need to get service and support, even if you're doing it yourself. And even the big companies you know, who have, you know, 30,000, 40,000 units are going to take a look at service and support, you know, by country, by region, internationally, and different things uh, that are offered in service and support may in fact be offered at different places uh, during different times of the day, uh, but also by different support groups that can handle the different technologies. So even a customer care call center that takes and fulfills orders and answers questions, they have something called uh, Follow the Sun, uh, meaning that different hours of the day, the support might actually seamlessly be transferred somewhere else or overflow. But that is a consideration as well as where are you going to get support when you need it on site? Where are you going to get support when you need it by you know phone or you need something downloaded or somebody to connect? On top of all that, you also will deal with international considerations that have to do with data security, and regulations. Uh, you know, we've we've talked about some of the uh, credit card and data privacy uh, laws uh, in Europe and other parts of the world. And you have to layer that on top and make sure that any applications and systems that you're doing, including support, you know, are compliant uh, with uh, GPRS and and with any of those types of um, uh, any of those types of um, governance and rules that there may be, because you have to really service everyone and. As I've mentioned, uh, especially when you have an international traveler or a traveler across the country, sometimes if you have a breach or you have a problem, you still have to pay fines in the country of where that person's credit card is, uh, you know, or where they came from. So you need to be aware. These are all considerations uh, in selecting systems and in placing them there. And it goes beyond just going to a central database and saying what systems are available, you know, in in this country or another country, you know, it goes well beyond that. So as we take a look at some of those types of considerations, I've already brought up the service and support. I've brought up different regulations and things like fiscal printing uh, that are out there. Um, And then I brought up the employee side of it, which has different labor laws, but also uh, different languages. I brought up the customer side of it, which if it's a truly international audience, then the customers need to be able to buy products and services from you in the language they feel most comfortable in. And of course, with the global labor shortage, you need to be able to hire employees that come from other uh, parts of the world. So those are some of the other types of considerations uh, that you may have um, when you're thinking specifically about regional, national, and local considerations. And so they all play a part. So we're going to shift and we're going to talk about, you know, what to find and where do you find it. And then I'm going to share with you my road trip coming up and some of the ideas and some of the specific applications uh, that I might be looking for in the people that I'm going to meet. And with that, you know, I remind you uh, each episode that there are a lot of cool ideas out there. I'm always in search of them. And they're not my ideas. Uh, They may not come from our industry. They may not be industry ideas. Uh, They may be regional ideas or local ideas. But any of these types of... They're all opportunities is really what they are. They're actually... Maybe we should call it cool ideas and opportunities. Because we can learn. And if you have the imagination, we can apply what we see, what we hear, what we learn. And that's what I do when I go on the road. So... If you're doing the same thing, even if you're reading it online, because we already talked about the idea that you don't have to physically be there to take a look at an operation, and understand what they do, and identify it as something that you want to know more about. So if you find those, new technology, new innovation, new industries, any kind of cool ideas, and they make you say, well, you know, I really want you to share them directly with me at cool ideas at robertgrimes.com or you can reach out to me on LinkedIn or, or one of the other um, sites. And it's the way that we can explore, learn, and share. And they become conversations. They all fuel the conversations. And some of those conversations end up in a Accelerate episode. And speaking of Accelerate, to subscribe or if you have any thoughts, comments, or suggestions for our show, please send us a note at accelerateandfoodabletv.com so let's go ahead and take a look now and shift our gear to we understand the basics behind it we understand what we're going to be looking for but now how in fact are we going to find those things so you can do it without leaving your home you could do it at your desk and we've talked about them people spend a lot of time searching the internet they look at They listen to podcasts and webinars. They can visit virtual trade shows. There's many different ways to do it. But what it all comes down to is doing your upfront research. And I do my upfront research before I go anywhere. And it's funny because if I was taking a vacation or a family trip, which I've done before, I've gone to India for 36 hours from uh, Washington, DC, spend more time sometimes on the plane or almost as much on the plane as you do when you get there. You can just Google and say, you know, top 10 things to do in Mumbai. And there you got your list. And I do that all the time, by the way. I go top 10 things anywhere I travel. Well, there's a number of ways to do that when you're interested in the industry. Now, of course, if you're on vacation, uh, if you're on a family trip, a personal thing and not a business uh, trip, maybe there's some other considerations you may want to take into that. But for some reason, and, and, you know, if I speak quietly, maybe I can share this with you. But I've learned from my personal experience, I think my wife and my family have probably figured this out already, that uh, pretty much anywhere I go, even though it sounds like it's going to be a personal trip or vacation, somehow there are all kinds of opportunities that I might seek out when I get there. Um, Case in point, you know, I've taken a number of cruises uh, in my life. And before I go on the cruise ship, I go on the LinkedIn and I search out the IT director because every cruise ship has a director and maybe they, and also they may report to the hotel manager on a cruise ship or the food and beverage director. I connect with them on LinkedIn. I let them know I'm going to be uh, on the cruise. I'm not asking for any upgrades or anything. But what I do ask for is, could I get a behind-the-scenes, a back-of-the-house tour? And in this case, a technology tour. And you have no idea of the people and the technologies and the concepts I've seen. And what really makes the difference there is most of the crews on a cruise ship come from many different countries. And so you are at the same time understanding how they put it together when you have many different countries coming together, many different cultures coming together, many different experiences, food, service, all of that coming together. A cruise ship is a great way to do that because of the different ports of call. So I do that. And I actually hired a help desk manager once in the UK many years ago, all because the guy who gave me the tour had been on a cruise ship for so long that he wanted out and I asked him what he did and I figured it out and he uh, took over a call center I had in the UK. So you just also never know. But I've found that any industry contact is one for life and that's how you're able to expand your network. So um, we could talk about some other stories. Uh, my wife probably wouldn't want to talk about my going to the laundry and looking at the point of sale instead on my honeymoon when I work for Marriott. So we'll leave that for another I'll leave you wondering about that one. Uh, But she did wonder why the bottle of Dom Perignon showed up at the room uh, after I did that. So anyway, so back with our subject. So you do your research of what is available in a market. In this case, I will go ahead and look at what trade shows, what associations, who are the main consultants, who are publishers who are writing about technology, not just in our industry, but the uh, the writers for the main publications, uh, who does the entrepreneurial? Because entrepreneurial will always identify uh, innovation uh, for you. And it doesn't have to be from our industry again. Um, and I will do those search words in advance to figure out who they are. And then I will connect with them. And I try to meet and just exchange ideas. It's not about selling something or buying something. Uh, it, they may not be able to meet with me, but they may point me in the right direction, and they might say i've seen this, you ought to go do this, or let me introduce you so I do my uh my research up front to no matter where I go, and also obviously uh if you're using something like linkedin and and i've got you know well, I think we ran out of connections because you can't have more than thirty thousand well, I have a lot of connections on LinkedIn. Um, so I can always find somebody in a local market if I do the right search. Now, I don't know them all, but at least we're connected and there was a reason why we're connected. So I will do my research up front. Uh, that research also includes what is going on while I'm there. Is there some sort of meeting or conference going on? And we'll come back to that one in just a couple of minutes. I identify who the major suppliers and operators are in a market. Uh, they are the best information. Now, obviously... You know, if if you're in a situation like I am and and you talk with a lot of suppliers all the time and the IFPTA has, you know, this goal of 100% of all suppliers in the industry of uh, being a part of it, as well as the operators, of course, too. Uh, but we want to, that's the best way to know uh, what is available in different markets. Um, I will reach out to contacts that I have at counterparts and ask them to make introductions. And in doing so, when I get to meet local and regional uh, representatives from the international companies, uh, they will always tell me, hey, here are the things you might want to go see. Let me introduce you to somebody. It's a great source on that. And I do the same thing with the operators. I reach out to networks that I know, especially if I do research on, you know, the top 50 restaurant companies in the UK. And by the way, it's not always by size. So I will take a look at the n- or number of units. I will identify those. I'll eliminate the ones I already know, which will be the big chains, because I'll be looking for ones that only really operate or are headquartered there. Because that's going to show me how they do business and give me an idea of the culture, which is different than when somebody comes in from outside and tries to force or push their way of doing business and their technologies uh, onto the local market, including franchisees and uh, licensees. So that is a problem. So I always want to talk to somebody who is local not just local representatives, international companies I might know, supplier or operator, but I also want to understand those who have built their business in that local market. So I do my research. I go out, I contact them. I try to come and meet. And in doing that, I also like to walk into a, uh, operation, uh, and take a look in advance. Sometimes I talk to my, uh, operator friends, uh, in, uh, in the U S and I might say, I'm going somewhere. Can I go look up anything for you? And they might say, sure. You know, we we'd love to know about this particular brand, or you might want to check this one out. We saw this. And that's a great way of identifying new technologies and techniques and ways of doing business. Cause remember, it's not always about the technology. It's about how they do business. And then you apply the technology to enable that, but you learn about new service and, and new ways of doing business. And I can tell you right off the bat, you know, 15 years ago, I went to India and when I was visiting the McDonald's uh, franchisee in India, they are the ones that developed uh, the online ordering system uh, that was used in many parts of the world. And if you go to place like the UAE or Dubai, you'll see a lot of delivery systems there. Uh, why? Because it's so hot at different times of the year that the hubs are in the big shopping malls and from there they order, but people may not go out, they get delivery. So long before we were focused on delivery in North America, those technologies and that service and how to handle food and prepare food, that was all done outside the US. So outside North America. So that's why I would take a look at it. Um, I also recognize that as I travel, that some of the players have a foot in many camps. So When I talk about many camps, what I'm talking about is that many providers, while in the U.S., they may be food service only, or they may be lodging or management companies with different brands. When you leave the U.S., you have people that operate both restaurants and hotels, and so their management is a little bit different. uh, As you get to meet them, I also look at the consultants and the publishers, those who are being written, those who are doing podcasts, those who are doing. any kind of webinars, those who are out there and speaking at major things, because I like to get to know them because it's a great way to share ideas. And, and and it is a two-way street. It's not a one-way street. I'm not just taking information. You always have to be willing to share. And that, by the way, that's what we do at the IFBTA chapter meetings. It's about giving and taking, and you want to give as much as you take. And I once uh, attended uh, some study groups for the National Restaurant Association And they talked about being a sponge, that you didn't just want to be a sponge and just take it all in. You need to share. And that's how you develop relationships and you learn things for life. In publishers, I already mentioned uh, taking a look at the publications and magazines. So when I went to Israel uh, over Labor Day, I met with the Jerusalem Post writer who handles entrepreneurship, but she also had written on the uh, restaurant industry. And it was very interesting to get her perspective of what was going on, both in the marketplace, what the technology was. And she was just as interested. And when I go back to Israel next month, I will certainly look her up and other people as well. Clearly, the local associations. You always want to meet the local associations, not just the association directors, because they know what they're doing um, in events and conferences and member benefits which is interesting to take a look at association websites, which I do all the time because of the IFPTA and its partnerships. But at the same time, you want to meet the leadership of the association, which are usually operators or if it's a a supplier association, because they'll really have their finger on the pulse of their members and what is going on. Clearly events. I always look at what events are taking place, uh, who the event organizers are. Education. If I can go visit a hospitality school, I will go visit a hospitality school. Hopefully they have a technology class. I love to teach. Uh, I love to give them the IFPTA certification program uh, or teach a tech camp. Um, I will donate that, but it's great to speak to students because they also have a pulse on what's going to happen in the future. And then the last thing I do is I do site visits. I know a lot of restaurant or hotel operators, they do site visits, they go to a city, they wanna see new concepts. You know, so I certainly know they do it, but I do the same thing. I do it for technology. I've scoped out what's out there and I might see robotics, I might see new ways of cooking. Uh, I might see the 3D um, you know, uh, and holograms on plates like I've seen in the UK and now I saw in New York in January. So I do that. So the last subject, now that we know what I'm looking for, is where am I going? And here's what I can promise you. I have so many trips in March coming up. And it seems like this every certain portion of the year, except during the holidays, and maybe not even during the summer anymore, because it seems like everybody works during the summer. Uh, and I intend to follow the rules I just gave you, you know, what to find where and how for my trips coming up. So let's start with Vegas, baby. It is Vegas. Vegas. Uh, tons of conferences in Vegas every year. But for some reason in March, I got to go to Vegas twice. Uh, once will be for Murtech in a couple of weeks uh, on the technology side for restaurants, the multi-unit restaurant technology show. Um, and they're also uh, coupled with RTN, the, retail technolo- uh, the restaurant technology network uh, that the IFBTA supports. Uh, but also I'll go towards the end of the month, two trips to visit the bar and restaurant show. When I go to Vegas... This is very important. Any major convention city, Vegas, Orlando would certainly be one, New York, any major city where there's a lot of conventions and conferences that are going on, I always go online and I Google it and I look at the convention Advisors bureau who list them. Because if you knew the number of times that I was in town, that there, I might actually go to town for one thing and end up visiting four or five in the same week. And the reason for that is because, you know, they're taking place and people are holding them. Uh, So it's a great way to see what else is there. I've already paid for the ticket. And I did mention this a couple episodes ago, but I went to Vegas and I went to five things in one week because Hilton was having a meeting there. And uh, the uh, NACUFs, which is uh, in the educational feeding and technology was having one. And I was there for uh, uh, restaurant finance, uh, which was going on at the same time. And then there was the digital show, a uh, digital uh, signage show. They were all at the same time. I'm always amazed. So I always look when I'm going to Vegas to what else is going on so I can see it. Well, as it turns out, I'm not sure yet what's going on during Mertek, but I am sure when the bar restaurant show is going on at the end of the month in Vegas, which it used to be the bar and nightclub show, there's Seattle, which is uh, a international food show. And then the Pizza Expo and the International Pizza Expo, Four events in our industry with overlapping days all in the convention center. So you bet that I'm going to go take a look because I guarantee you that the technology that's in a pizza expo is different many times than what isn't going to be in the bar restaurant show. Sure, there are crossover technologies, but you will see different ones. And if I want to understand cooking and the food techniques, which I used to think that never go to a food show because they don't have equipment at food shows. So technology goes with equipment. Well, as we learned from NAFM, which was a equipment show in food, if you go to a food show, you will see sous vide cooking, you will see fancy foods, you'll see all kinds of foods that may be the future, including the plant-based. Those are all technologies as we defined with Felipe and, um, and also as we defined uh, before that with NAFM. But at the same time, if you look behind the scenes at how they're preparing it, you'll start to see the technology of preparing it. And so I will go visit four shows in one hall overlapping in one week when I go to Vegas. The other shows that I have coming up are the other places I'm going. I'm going to go to Israel and there's an Israeli restaurant uh, association and a restaurant conference that has about a thousand attendees. And I'll be there in mid-March. I'm actually going to speak there. Um, And while I'm there, obviously I have reached out in advance because Israel is a technology capital of the world, a startup nation, they call it. And so I have reached out to my sources to find out who, are, who has what, what are the leading technologies, which ones have come to the US that are in fact Israeli companies. And I will obviously, working with the Restaurant Association, I will go ahead and find out who the leading companies are that are there uh, as it relates to um, the operators. And we're already, and I've reached out to the chamber of commerce and I'm going to host a networking event. Get everybody together. No sales, let's trade information. I'll bring information with me and I'd love to understand what you're doing and have an open conversation. Very much like I would do at a chapter meeting of the IFBTA uh, here in the US. If you happen to be in Israel and you're listening to this, coming your way in March. That is followed by HRC in London, Hotel, Restaurant, and Catering, which is uh, four or five shows co-located at the same time in different areas, including, uh, uh, including grocery, uh, that do hotel, restaurant, and catering in one place, one time, one organizer. But I'll be in London. And again, a lot of the new technologies in restaurants are actually demoed in restaurants in London. I'm not sure why that is, but there will. And I'm thinking about, by the way, you got to get from Israel to London. I've considered whether I should stop over in a country on the way. Even if it's, even if it's my what to do in six hours during a layover, That's a great way to do it. And also, if you're changing planes, by the way, in a busy airport, you can see in that airport a lot of what the technologies are in the country, even if you never leave the airport. So you can do it. I always do this. I go into different food outlets. I look at their point of sale, their signage. I look at their loyalty programs. I look at the retail. I do that. Um, I also, uh, during the month will go to New York for the New York international restaurant, uh, or food service show in New York. Uh, part of the reason why I would do that is because that gives you the local flavor and you get to see what the local independent and the smaller to medium businesses are doing. You also get to meet with suppliers and you know what? Sometimes new ideas come out of an independent who had a great idea. They speak about it, they show it, you know, and it's a great way to find those ideas when you're out there. And then, uh, the uh, IFMA, the Food Manufacturers Association, has the Chain Operators Exchange in Tampa, which I'm hoping to also get to stop by. And again, that's a higher level. What are the uh, bigger companies doing? Uh, you may know of things that are going on. And again, I would ask you you know, to share those. Uh, you know, Share those with me at coolideas at robertgrimes.com um, because we are going to work on putting together a master calendar of all the events that are technology related as, one, as well as the ones where you find technology Uh, And we'll work on that for the IFBTA to put that out there. But I think that all of us have ideas and based on the sector that we work in, the job title we have, uh, where we came from, we identify uh, opportunities in all of those areas uh, that I spoke about already that one might not find on their own. So a great place to visit, a great operation, a great service, great food, great technology, in our industry or outside our industry but it could work you know those are the kinds of things that I will be looking for and those are the kinds of things that you can send me a note again at coolideas at robertgrimes.com to let me know so with that again as usual at too little time too much to speak about um, this podcast is brought to you by the International Food and Beverage Technology Association the IFBTA is the industry's voice of technology within the food and beverage industries providing thought leadership as your single impartial and go-to resource the IFBTA which we've talked about already offers in-person and online communities to connect with your peers and exchange which is an all-encompassing global technology directory and an industry-wide professional education and certification program the bottom line is the IFBTA is your place to gather learn and share thank you for joining us on this episode of accelerate powered by the IFBTA i am rob grimes your host And I look forward to our next accelerated conversation together.